God is good. Amen? I ask you to take your Bible, turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. When you get to Galatians chapter 4, you're going to go to verse 4. If you're using that pew Bible there in front of you, you can turn to page 1,339. 1,339 in the pew Bible, Galatians chapter 4. We will in just a few moments stand and read a few verses together. Again, let me say Merry Christmas. Remember my Christmas verse for the year, 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I've been reminded of that and reminded of that daily as you walk through. And you know, all you have to do is desire to see the gift of God. And he'll show it to us all the time, especially at this Christmas season. We had Christmas last weekend. I don't know about you, but because of where family is and all the commitments that you have and things like that, you pretty much just find it many times. And so we, meaning Angela and I and Caleb and Micah and Laura and Addie, we had our family Christmas last weekend. And uh, as we were taking turns in giving gifts, I would make sure with Angela, and I don't know, because I always play Santa to pull them out. Santa, I mean, Addie's trying to play Santa. She just kept trying to pull them all out. But I had to play Santa because you want to make sure that your gifts are given in a particular order. Have you ever bought gifts and they needed to be given in a particular order? And you either put a number on them or you put this, give this one last and, and things like that. Because sometimes the order of the gifts matter. And so I would check with Angela to make sure, are we ready for this one now? Are we ready for this one now? Give an example. This is not an example that we gave, but an example of a new bicycle a helmet for that new bicycle, and a pump for that bicycle. Well, if all of a sudden, if you give the first gift as the helmet, it's over, right? Everybody knows, oh, there's a bike coming, right? And so it matters the order. And so if we were giving those gifts, you'd give the bike because you want the big moment. And then the helmet makes sense. And then the bike pump comes after that. And so I think we understand that sometimes an order matters to what we do when it comes to giving gifts. And it's with that background that I just want us to stand and read God's Word. So stand with me. We're going to read from Galatians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 through 7. Galatians 4, picking up in verse 4, says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth the Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. The choir, I'm, I, I'm not used to you being back there all the time, so I, I may just give you what do you think if we just talk and let them listen to us, right? And that what you all feel most of the time, you know, and I'll try to remember to turn around, but quiet, if I don't turn around, I'm not used to turning around. And so I've given you some time right now, and choir, I love you. You've done great. We've clapped like four times already. <laughs> so we start in this scripture. This is a Christmas scripture, I believe. Uh, verse 4 says, the fullness of the time had come. Now notice, and I pulled this out. I looked it up in the NIV. 
It says, but when the time had fully come. I looked it up in the King James Version. But when the fullness of the time was come. I looked it up in the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It says, but when the completion of the time came. Note the phrase that in every, re- in every scripture that we saw there of Galatians 4.4, 4, it was talking about the time. It didn't say a time. It said the time had come. This is a specific time. The time is a specific time. It's in a time, it's a time appointed by God. And if you read scripture all the way back, since the foundation of the world, God had always planned to send his son, Jesus. Jesus was always God's plan A. He had no plan B because God knew that sending his son into the world, there was no better plan. And it's been God's plan since the beginning. When Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago, or go back 6,000 years ago to where the first allusion to Jesus coming in God's plan was in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Sin had just entered into the world through Adam and Eve. God defines the future judgment for them, but he also defines the future judgment for Satan, talking about her seed. And if you go back, and in, in Genesis 3, 15, you go back and look at that, seed is a capital, it's, it's a pronoun. It is a personal name. It is the Son of God. It is Jesus being alluded to in Genesis chapter 3, Verse 15, that is the first prophecy in Scripture of God's promise of our coming Savior. And so Galatians 4.4 makes even more sense because when it comes to the time, for all of that time from when God said this, he had planned Jesus before then, and it got to a point that God said it is time to be able to do this. You know, that is the great miracle of Christmas, that God appointed a specific time to take the action that would grant us the opportunity to have life eternal with Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 4 says, not only is it a specific time, but God sent forth his son. John 3, 16 is also, I believe, a Christmas verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Choir, notice with me the preexistence of the Son. God could not send him if he was not already there. And so we need to understand, again, we're reminded that it is God's plan. Plan A, only plan from from before the beginning to send Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given. Now, we talked about that about four weeks ago. Spent a little bit of time. But God is the one who took the action at Christmas to send his son. It is God who saw the need. God who had the plan. God who determined that plan before the beginning and rolled that out at what Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says was the time. Verse 4 goes on to say, born of a woman. Now, we discussed last week. How vital to the Christmas story and to the redemption plan of God that we understand that Jesus was born of a virgin. And we talked about three specific reasons why that's important last week. And if you're going, I missed that, and I really want to know that, well, that's easy. Go to Facebook, YouTube, or our website. Listen to last week's sermon, and you'll be able to catch up on all of that. But it is important 
that he was born of a woman. And verse 4 goes on to say, born under the law. Jesus was our representative in every way. And therefore, he was subject to the law. The ceremonial law, the social law, the civil law, the moral law. Think of the self-imposed limitation that the Son of God placed on himself to do the will of the Father. Now, I put myself in a position here. Usually, I have things looked up, but in case you wanted to go with me for these important scriptures, I'm getting ready to turn. I'm keeping my finger right here. I'm coming back, but I'm, go- I'm turning to Philippians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So you're going to go to the right. Philippians chapter 2. And when you get to Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 5 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. It said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Not only did God have a specific time when he sent his son, he had a specific purpose when he sent his son. And God has three specific gifts that I count in this scripture that he desired for us to have. And I believe that there is a biblical order to how these gifts need to be received. So look with me back in Galatians chapter 4, look in verse 5. It says that, let me, re, let me get a run up to it. It says, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to, and there's something getting ready to happen. The number one, the first gift that God gives, to redeem those who were under the law. To redeem, in this case, means to deliver from the bondage and the curse of the law. You see, Scripture teaches that we have all sinned, Romans 3.23, and therefore separated from God and deserve death, Romans 6.23. But Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. And he did this by offering his life and shedding his blood on Calvary's cross. And if you're going, I need to see more about this gift, hold your Galatians 4.4 place, turn to 1 Peter, And you're going further right this time. You go to 1 Peter, you're going to go to chapter 1. And if you're in that pew Bible there, I can go ahead and tell you to turn to page 1391. 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me read verses 17 to 21 as we talk about the gift of God through Jesus for redemption. 1 Peter chapter 1, picking up verse 17. And if you call, make sure I've got this the right place here. Yep. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves through the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, 
but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God and raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. God came. He sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we could be redeemed. If that's all God ever did was send his son so that we could be redeemed, would we not be the most blessed? Amen? But God wasn't done there. He goes on in back in Galatians chapter 4 to redeem those who were under the law. But then look at the next gift he gave us, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Note that it is the redemption of Christ offered that when we accept it and come to know Christ in a personal, redemptive way, that then leads to our adoption as sons of God. The gifts happen in order. You see this? Jesus coming, and I don't want to make Jesus the bike, but you get my example from a minute ago. You give the bike, then you give the helmet, then you give the pump. They're all valuable gifts, but the one makes all the rest of them possible and necessary. And Jesus coming to redeem us is by far the greatest gift we will ever, ever have. There will be nothing that compares to coming out from under the curse of being redeemed by Jesus. But God wasn't done then. The Son of God became the Son of men so that we might become the sons of God. Let me give you just a little bit about the Son. Go to 1 John. You're going to go even brighter. That's probably not the right way to say that, but uh, you guys are so used to me saying things the wrong way. Bert, you got me though, right? Even brighter on that? Okay. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, as we talk about Jesus giving us the right to be sons. 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. Catch this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Did you notice? We get to be the sons of God. And scripture, we don't even know. Do you know who knows what this means now? Bill Janae knows. He knows what this means now because we don't know. We just know that God has promised once he redeems us to adopt us and make us a son... And then that will be revealed, what we will look like, what that will be like. And we don't get to know this side of heaven. But when you go to heaven, you know. You get it. And we can rejoice in that because not only are we redeemed and need to live like it, this side of heaven, but God gives us life as a child of God, as a son of God with him in heaven. And he makes us like Jesus. Amen? 
So we're given the gift of redemption. We're given the, the, given the gift of, of, of sonship. And then go back to Galatians chapter 4, look at verse 6. It goes on and says, and because, you see how we're building on these gifts? The redemption allowed us to become sons, and now it says, because you're a son, and another gift is given. It says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of God, Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, this is an important transition. Cursed to redeemed, to adopted as a son, that leads to what verse 7 says, an heir of God through Christ. Do you know that when those who come to faith in Christ, those that are redeemed, those that become the sons of God, when they transition to be with God eternally in heaven, Scripture teaches that we reign with Him. Not R-A-I-N, R-E-I-G-N. Reign with Him. One day we will be reigning with Christ. That's a biblical truth because we are an heir of God. An heir of God. Now, we're going to go left this time. Go to Romans chapter 8. As I give you just a little bit about being an heir. Romans chapter 8. If you ever want to spend time reading a pretty awesome chapter, Romans chapter 8 is not a bad place to be in. Romans chapter 8, but let me read verses 14 to 17 of Romans chapter 8 as we talk about the gift of becoming an heir of God through Christ. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God, led, redeemed, sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17, catch this, church. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Because Jesus shared in our humanity and all its consequent sufferings, including the cross, we, by his grace and through faith in him, get to share in his glory. Amen? These gifts cannot be opened in any other order. The gift of redemption through the son that was sent at the time. The gift of adoption or sonship. And then the gift of being an heir with Christ. Now I'll just recount to make a summary statement here before we close. The prodigal son. We all know this story. It's a fabulous parable of the prodigal son. And you can find it. And I encourage you to maybe make a mark in your notes here. And go and read Luke chapter 15. And you can pick up in verse 11 about the prodigal son. But we know the story. A father had two sons. The youngest desires, asks for, receives, and then squanders his inheritance. The father looks for him. After a long time, sees him coming, runs to him, takes the action, and restores him. They celebrate him shifting from being dead to being alive. And then the older son comes in from the field after all this has happened, and the older son is just not happy about what has happened. 
And then the father speaks to him and says some very important words that I want to say to you as we begin to close up. In Luke chapter 15, verse 31, I believe the gospel is stated once again for us right here. The father says to his eldest son, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Now think about this. My son, redeemed. You are always with me in relationship, adopted child. And everything I have is yours. You are an heir of God. This is why, church, God sent his son. He had a specific time. He had a specific purpose. And he had very specific gifts that he desires for us to have at this Christmas season. I pray today that you recognize the gift of God's son. I pray that you know God's redemption. I pray that you recognize the relationship as a son of God you have and are living that way. And I pray that you recognize one day you will reign with God as an heir. God loves you. God loves you this Christmas. That's why he did all that he did. Thanks be to God for his in describable gift. Amen, church? 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, when you give a gift, you know if it's going to be that gift or not, right? Some of you who haven't yet had your family gift right now, you've not been able to get your mind off of that one gift that you are so ready to give because you know it's just going to blow the person you're giving it to away. Anybody have that gift? You're sort of waiting on it, right? You, a couple of you got these gifts. You're going, yeah. Listen, Lane, I saw two Thomas Selly boys. Did you see that? There's something getting ready to happen at your house tonight or whenever you guys do Christmas. But you know you got that gift. Can I tell you that I believe that when Galatians 4.4 came, when God kicked off the events of Christmas, when he sent the angels, when he sent the angels, when he sent the angels, and when he began to promote this, I bet God's going, this is going to be, I can't wait for them to open this. It is my prayer that you have opened the gift of Christmas. And if you haven't, I'd love to help you open it. I'll walk with you, talk with you, pray with you. But I'll tell you, if if the, if something is moving inside of you that makes you go, I need to do something, that's not Jeff. Jeff's words are never going to be good enough. That's the Spirit of God revealing to you through the Word of God that God has a gift for you. And I pray that you will open that gift. Amen.